And welcome back to the morning show. And this morning we are proud to join Congressman Eric Sorensen from the Illinois 17th Congressional District. Uh, Eric has joined us here on the telephone this morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning, Congressman? Good morning, Mike. Sure, enjoying the sunshine and the warm weather today. Yeah, now since uh, you used to be a meteorologist, you're going to take credit for this, right? <laughs> no, here's, so here's the thing, Mike. If I took credit for the nice weather, then I'd have to take credit for the lousy weather. And I, you know, I, uh, for a long time ago, I decided I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, you've had the, uh, the first year of Congress under your belt. How uh, kind of give us a summary of the whole wrap of of how the first years went. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing: is a unique perspective. Um, you know, when when I was running for Congress, Mike. Um, I didn't have anybody who had who had taken that that step from being the trusted meteorologist on TV to being in Congress, um, and so we had to do this on our own. Uh, but collectively, you know, through the communities and going to talk with people about what they needed, they needed somebody that they could trust, uh, and somebody who had earned their trust, right? And so I will tell you here, a year into being in Congress. Um, there is an immense honor that I have to be able to serve uh, the people of Western Illinois um, because I'm one of the very few people that doesn't have a background in politics. The, the politics of hate and division today are the biggest problem that we have in government. Um, and so if I can be the person that can work with Republicans and Democrats. I'll tell you, Mike, one thing I'm really proud of is, is 78%, uh, 78% bipartisan. Uh, that's, that's my member score uh, with respect to all of the bills and the resolutions that I have signed on to. Um, and you know what? I do that not just because I believe in it, but that's what this congressional district and the people of the district are all about. All right. Absolutely. And uh, uh, we're going to touch on, on a few uh, of the big um, legislation that uh, you've been involved with. Um, one of them, uh, people get a, a lot more of those robocalls uh, keep coming in and uh, the robocalls legislation with uh, AI. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, some you, you could joke and say we've solved all of the problems and now we're on to robocalls. But here's the reason why I think this is so important because there are so many people today that are getting robocalls. I had two of them yesterday. And just this past Sunday, I had one that was an AI robocall. Okay, this AI robocall is where somebody will call up, and it sounds like a human being, but it's not. Okay, the problem that we have today, and I hear from the people in our district, um, you know, uh, in fact, there's a gentleman, Tom, uh, in Monmouth, um, who reached out. He's a retiree. Um, he repeatedly gets calls from people claiming to be his insurance company. Hmm. Um, and so what he has to do then is call the insurance company and say, did you try to call me? And they say no. Um, and so he has no recourse. And so this is a local constituent in Monmouth. Right. And what I want to be able to do, as I hear from my neighbors and especially seniors, is make sure that we in Congress are doing something about it. Because robocalls are duping people out of billions of dollars every year. And so I have introduced the QUIET Act, um, which means that um, if a phone call is coming in that is using artificial intelligence, you will know about it. It has to be disclosed on the front end. And if it's not, we have to increase the penalties 
for the people that are doing this disservice to the people in the community. And guess what? This is another instance where this is a bipartisan act in Congress. Yeah, it's one of those um, uh, not only being just annoying, but you're, you're right. So many people uh, may fall prey to it, um, especially uh, uh, the elderly or something, or if you're just in a hurry and you're like, yeah, fine, whatever. Uh, so any way that we can control that, uh, I think, is a step yeah, Mike, in the right direction. You're exactly right, because here's the thing is um, I got to know Richard up in uh, Fulton in Whiteside County. Mm-hmm. Um, he has had repeated calls um, from and, and this is just really incredible. We shouldn't be scared of AI because AI is going to bring us so many good things, especially when we talk about science and medicine. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is he gets calls from voices that sound like his own grandson asking him for money. Yeah, and so I, I worry about that, you know, with my parents who are in their 80s, right? right? You know, mm-hmm. if somebody calls up and has my voice and says, Mom, it's Eric, I need your help, she's going to do it. We need to make sure that we're protecting, especially the people that are the most vulnerable. Absolutely. We're talking with Congressman Eric Sorensen, who serves the Illinois 17th Congressional District and also serving on the House Committee on Agriculture. And uh, one of the uh, bills that uh, you've introduced, uh, Expand Opportunity for Farmers, the Sunray Act. Tell us more about that. Right. So the Sunray Act uh, will provide producers with, um, with more data. Very simply put, we need to make sure that we are putting in the hands of our producers and our family farmers the data they have they need to make good decisions. Um, and so, you know, the farmers across the nation and here in Warren County, uh, you know, play such an important role in how we're going to secure our energy future uh, for for you know generations to come. And so, it's my job as a member of Congress. Uh, to give the guidance, especially when it comes to um, solar. Um, One of the things that I don't want to see is I don't want to see 1,000-acre solar farms being put up on the most fertile land on the planet. That's what we have out our window today, okay? Mm -hmm. So what I want to be able to do, and the Sunray Act will help provide, is the data where agrivoltaics makes sense. All right, we've got to figure out where the where the yields are not great. And, and that's where we're going to supplement um, farmers for when there's a bad year, um, you know, when we've got a drought or we've got too much rain. You know, there's, we're going to supplement the income with the um, solar that's going to be on the marginal land. And I want to be able to focus on those. And so this bill will give clarity from the USDA to farmers, give the tools, so that our family farmers and those in agriculture can make the decisions that they need. It shouldn't be that Congress makes the decision for producers. That's not what we're talking about. What we need to do is make the data available so that our farmers can make the best decisions. You are seeing yeah, more and more of those uh, popping up uh, everywhere you drive. Yeah, and it concerns me when you see the, that these concrete uh, that goes into the ground so far. You know, if you decide, okay, I want to take that, that solar, uh, those solar panels out of my field, well, now you're going to have chunks of concrete and rebar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's figure out how we can put these on buildings and how we can put these on marginal land instead um, where we're not covering up the great fertile lands of uh, western Illinois. Absolutely. Um, one of the other um, things that we wanted to kind of touch on this morning uh, was the Tax Relief Act. Uh, any, any way that uh, we can 
have some uh, relief, uh, some take some of the burden off of paying higher taxes. Uh, I think everybody always gives you ears for that, right? Right. <laughs> you know, it's my job in Congress, two things, Mike, is to make sure that we're bringing the tax dollars back so your federal income taxes are coming right back to the community. So it is my job to go and grasp as much of that and then bring it back home. Uh, in investment for this generation and the next generation. But then it's also making sure that we're lowering the tax burden. And so this is one of the, you know, one of the bright spots in this divided Congress today, uh, because this was an incredibly bipartisan bill. So you had Republicans and Democrats coming together for this tax bill, and it was a tax cut. Um, And so 50,000 kids across just this district, our congressional district, 50,000 kids are going to be now connected to the child tax credit. Um, And so that's more than a half a million uh, children in the state. Um, And so 16, I think it's 16 million across the country. Uh, It increases and modifies the the tax credit provisions. It increases tax relief provision uh, for losses due to natural disasters and wildfires and, and big floods. And so these are real impact that people are going to see um, and, you know, I think it's a, it's a real big win uh, for the bipartisanship in the, in the Congress. And I really hope that the Speaker of the House wants more uh, types of these, these wins. Absolutely. And that's one thing I think that will bring uh, Republicans, Democrats together, uh, any kind of relief, um, helping uh, families and especially children. Right, right. We've, we've got to lower the, the cost, the burden here. Right. We have to understand that, you know, people are still struggling to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've got to do everything we can do. And I was so proud to see, you know, some of the numerous provisions that I fought for, for my plan to cut costs for working families as part of this legislation. And you you mentioned, uh, yeah, it's still trying to make ends meet and the uh, higher cost of uh, prescription medication, uh, insurance premiums. Uh, We see those continue to go up. Now, I understand there are, are some provisions in place that are going to start to help that. Uh, can you kind of give us a little bit of an overview of, of what's going on in Washington uh, for, for medical? Right. And this is something that is, is personal to so many people. I've, I've heard from so many neighbors and across this district about, you know, um, I talked to a gentleman in Rock Island recently, and he said, you know, the cost of insulin was $400, and now it's going to be down to $35. And he go, and this gentleman, he said, it saved my wife's life mm-hmm. uh, because we weren't able to afford um, the cost of that basic health care. And, uh, and so, look, we've got to make sure that when you go to your pharmacist uh, that you don't have to choose uh, whether you're going to take those three orange bottles or you're going to take the, the cart full of groceries. Um, one of the things that I introduced was the Stop Games Act. Um, we need people to understand that the pharmaceutical industries today – they are slowing the process of getting a generic in your hand. They don't want generics. They want, they want the full retail price on the full retail um, medicine. It's the ads that you see on TV, okay? There are generics that you don't see on TV. The problem is what's happening here is as the FDA is approving these medications, um, all of a sudden the pharmaceutical industry will just insert more data so that the FDA has to go back to the beginning. It's almost like going around, you know, the the board game, and as the FDA is almost coming back to home, then all of a sudden the pharmaceutical industry say, nope, you got to go back to the start again. And so as that happens, it delays the generics. We need to make them stop that because they're hurting people. 
And so the Stop Games Act, which I introduced in Congress, would do just that. It would mean that as the FDA has has started going and testing these drugs, then the pharmaceutical industries can't interrupt that process. So, yeah, you introduced that. So where, where is that sitting now? I mean, because it's hard going against a, a big pharma. You know, we've got to be honest about that. Yeah, so, so listen, um, I don't take money from big pharma, okay? Um, and that, that is a big difference. People need to understand that. There are people that take big corporation money that may take money from, you know, from Bayer and from Pfizer. You know, I don't take that money. So you know what? I work for the people. And it means that I can fight for things like this um, because it doesn't matter. Um, you know, and so what we need to do is get the Stop Games Act um, across the finish line in Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to make sure that we'll lobby that in the Senate, and then that will get a signature uh, by President Joe Biden. And this is where we can actually show our work um, to the American people. Um, because, look, I mean, status quo isn't enough especially if you have big corporations um, that can push all of this money into the campaigns of members of Congress. You know, it is a pittance compared to the profits that they'll make in the end. And we need to fight back against that. Absolutely. And, and good luck with, with that. Um, anything else that you would like to, uh, to mention here uh, uh, this morning? Any uh, other big legislation coming out or anything um, looking forward uh, to, into 2024? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that uh, we're going to focus on, um, you know, as we go through this year um, is immigration. I hear about that a lot from uh, many of the constituents, and, and I hear the constituents, and I believe that we need to, we need to secure our southern border. Uh, we also need to make sure that there is a legal pathway for those who want to legally follow our American laws to be able to get a visa in this country. And we also need to take care of those who are already here. I'm talking about the kids, where this is the only land they've ever known. They've only ever grown up in Warren County. Uh, We need to make sure that they have a pathway for citizenship as well. But understanding here that we have a big problem at the southern border, Mm -hmm. and I am willing to buck the system and do everything I can working with Republicans and Democrats to solve that problem. All right, and yeah, and try and find some time, uh, maybe throughout the year, to, to, to campaign, right? Because an election year, so, but how you got to try and find that time? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is different for me than campaign. Um, I'm going to show people my work. They're going to make the right decision in November, but I want them to know that I'm taking care of the issues that they're telling me about. I'm listening 90 percent of the time. And that 10%, I got to fire on all cylinders. I got to do what my community is telling me to do in Washington. Well, we did definitely appreciate the time here this morning, Congressman, the, that you've given us and given us a more details on, on some of these um, legislation that is going through. We'll look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. That's Congressman Eric Sorensen representing Illinois' 17th Congressional District here on The Morning Show. And we'll be back.